Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from a sunny, a little bit chilly, but, but melting Macomb, Illinois. And we have a great show for you today, folks. We have Dean Kim Kidwell. She's in charge of the College of Aces on U of I campus. Uh, so we're going to be chatting with Dean Kidwell today. Before we get to uh, our special guests uh, have to introduce every single week our hosts that are here with us. Uh, without fail, we have Katie Parker, local foods educator located in Adams County. Hello, Katie. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Oh, you know, just talking to the big boss today. This is my third shirt. Um, I, <laughs> I'm out of deodorant, so did you, you sweat know. through the other three? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They're they're back me back behind me on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, how are you doing today, Katie? Oh, can't complain. Um, I, my anxious habit is cleaning the house. So I cleaned over, uh, over break to prepare for this. <laughs> well, that's, that's a great habit to have. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we are joined by Ken Johnson, horticulture educator in Jacksonville, Illinois. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris and Katie. This is my second shirt. I put a nice shirt on for, for the video. I'm, I'm sure you have an insect shirt on underneath all of that, too. It's like the Superman outfit that you wear, isn't it? Always always with his bug shirts. That's right. Um, so, Ken, Katie, are, are you guys ready uh, to dive into a discussion with the person that signs the paychecks? Like, like that person <laughs> who approves the paychecks. <laughs> I am, and hopefully when we're done, we'll still be getting those paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so. I think we'll be all right, guys. So I would like to welcome uh, Dean Kim Kidwell. Uh, uh, she is the Dean of the College of Aces on campus at U of I. Uh, Dean Kidwell, thank you so much for being on the Good Growing Podcast. Absolutely. And I'm going to confess, I had to change sweaters and I cleaned my house too. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, I love Zoom meetings, how it's always uh, the background has to be orderly and, and looking good. Uh, if only people could see what's on the other side of the computer monitor. So, yeah, so, um, you know, today we want to learn a little bit about um, a little bit more about you. Um, and so but I do need to start and ask a bit about your background. So uh, a lot of people who listen to the show, they might be homeowners or home gardeners. Um, you know, they're, they're listening for uh, advice in the backyard, but there is a, a lot more to extension than what we talk about in terms of home gardening. And there is a, a huge structure behind this machine that we operate in. So um, I, I would say you have been at U of I before. Is that right, Dean Kidwell? I have. I was an undergrad here back in the 80s, so which seems like a long, 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 long time ago now. Um, in fact, I didn't know anything about agriculture really when I came to University of Illinois, and I'm one of those kids that got really excited uh, by a really great instructor who worked in plant sciences, and it really shaped my career, you know. So I really resonate with people that listen to this podcast because I think my start happened out in our backyard too, you know, with a garden and curious about where food comes from and really liking to be outside and enjoying nature so much to the point where where I decided to be a plant breeder so I could spend all my time uh, out in the field you know it was a great job I loved it I worked with farmers every day you know I was outside all summer it was really great to uh, work in that aspect of the food system and it really ignited a passion for me in agriculture over the years so I'm curious then is that 
I know, and we'll, we'll talk more about your role as Dean here in a second, but do you, are, are you able to get back to the field at all? Do you miss that? Oh, it was the hardest decision I ever made. You know, I remember I, I had become the Associate Dean of Academic Programs at Washington State. And I did that in part because we were getting ready to lose our ag programs. And, you know, for somebody that had been inspired so much by teachers and uh, instructors in college, I kind of felt like it was my give back moment, you know, if not me, then who, because you cannot be a vibrant college of ag without vibrant academic programs for undergrads. And I did that for a while. And there was a point I realized that I was still running my wheat breeding program. I was a spring wheat breeder out at Washington State for, gosh, 15 years or so. Or so. And I realized that, you know, I was going to have to choose. I was either going to have to go back to research. I was going to have to stay in administration because I couldn't do both as well, uh, uh, as well as I should have been able to do it. And it was the single hardest decision I ever made mm -hmm. because I love students. Uh, and I love research and I love farmers and I, I had to choose. And, and I think for most of us that have had those pressure points in our careers, the beauty of it was watching somebody step into that role and have a vibrant career and really be excited about it. Boy, but it was hard to let go of because I really love being in the field. The only time I'm out in the field now is when I'm hanging out with you guys, uh, you know, doing things with our extension people or going out with our researchers to see what's going on. But I haven't done uh, research on my own in quite a while now. All right. So since you made the big jump to kind of the administration side, so what does the, the, being the dean of the College of ACES entail? And kind of what's the, the biggest thrill for you doing that? Well, I'll tell you, I spent a lot of time uh, navigating conflict facilitating meetings, mediating, and connecting people to each other, you know? Um, I, I don't know if I, if I would have thought that's how I would spend most of my time uh, in this role, but that happens a lot, you know? I think the thrill really comes from connecting really brilliant people together and watching them do amazing things, you know? I get to see the whole landscape of what's going on in the College of Aces, and I have connections in the other colleges as well. And, you know, somebody will tell me something about, hey, I've been working on this. And I'll, and I'll say, well, you know, I heard about this guy in this other department that's doing that. And I'll connect them via, e via email. And the next thing you know, you know, they're working together and great things are happening. So I think that connection piece is, is really kind of the sweet spot. And also anytime, you know, you see a student or somebody really inspired and excited about what they're going to do. It's a really, really great day. You know, one of the reasons I like to teach was because, uh, when students got it, you can almost see it in their eyes. Like, you know, they'd be like, oh yeah, that light bulb goes on. I love that part, you know? And my goal was to make every person in my class want to be a plant breeder. And I did a pretty good job of that. So that was fun. What about in your spare time? If you have any spare time, uh, what do you like to do then? Well, you know, I spent a lot of time outside. So I've been an avid hiker uh, for years and years and years. And I've got a couple of dogs. And so I'm really addicted to dog walking. So in the morning, I'll get up pretty early and take them for a walk and kind of ground for my day. And then when I get home uh, in the evening, back in the days when we used to go to work, um, I'll take them for a walk and kind of decompress. And so I spend a lot of time doing anything I can to get myself outside in all kinds of weather. Dogs are great for that. They're waterproof and they think I am too. So we just go. Now we won't hold it against you, but do you garden? And if so, uh, what do you enjoy growing in your garden? 
You know, this is a sad story in some ways. I, I spent so much time out in the wheat fields in the summer when I was a wheat breeder that there was no way I was going to go home and garden. I mean, it just did not seem relaxing to me. So, you know, um, I spent a lot of time in the yard working with flowers and plants and things like that. I've grown minimal amounts of food in the last 10 years, right? But we do, we, we go to a lot of farmer's markets and things like that. I enjoy yard work and being outside, but boy, I, I just, I don't know what it was. I'm like, I've spent, you know, 60 hours this week wandering around a wheat field. I just don't think I can pull weeds out of my garden all weekend long. So I kind of got out of that habit, but I greatly appreciate people that do it. I was an intern at Missouri Botanical Garden and I will say the horticulturists there, they put on displays that are, you know, known around the world. But when you go to their home, they, they have nice yards, but there's also lots of dead plants, containers that never get watered. And they said the same thing. It's like, this is what I do at work. I don't want to come home and do that stuff. So yeah. And, and I, I, I would also imagine, um, at least it is with me, uh, I cannot go to a landscape nursery with my wife because I just see all of the problems. <laughs> I just see like, we can't buy this tree. There's so many, we'll get too many problems. So it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard working in agriculture. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's hard and it's fun. To kind of dial back into um, kind of the present day and we're looking at kind of this past year, um, how has ACEs and, and, you know, if we look maybe more specifically at the students, um, you'd mentioned how you, uh, that really drives that passion for you. How, how have they weathered 2020, the pandemic? How, how are things going on campus right now? You know, on our campus, um, it's almost best case scenario here. And, you know, I talked to my dean counterparts at uh, all the land grants in the North Central region. And it's a good wake up call to hear about what their struggles are and what they're doing there. You know, for us, being able to test was a game changer. You know, and being able to test as often as we did uh, really created an environment where we felt like we were doing a, a good job of ensuring safety for students. And so I think from that aspect, feeling safe on campus is something that, you know, a lot of students were really grateful for. And yet we didn't have enough opportunity uh, to support them in making connections with each other, you know, trying to figure out how to do some of that virtually, having a limited number to face-to-face -face classes was really good. I think over the course of, you know, the last two semesters, we've gotten better at trying to figure that out. So I even think in best case scenario, and I would say University of Illinois did this better than any institution in this country. You know, 50 land grants, everybody had the same challenge. One figured out how to test people the way that we did, and that was us. And I'm really, really proud of that. So I think the students had a, a great experience in that way, but it was, it was tough on them, you know? I think the, the challenges, the anxiety, the stress, you know, the, the really mental health and well-being issues that came up have, have never occurred at the incidents that occur, occurred in the last 10 months. And yet students have been really resilient, right? You know, the cool thing about, about University of Illinois and the college is that, you know, our students are really integrated in a lot of hands-on learning in our research programs. And, you know, we have interns that work with Extension and we have a lot of people that work with, you know, our Master Gardeners programs and our 4-H programs. We're really used to that face-to-face -face contact. We had to figure out how to do that differently, but we figured some of those things out. So I think the connection piece, we still did a pretty good job of facilitating with people, but it's what we all are hungry for. You know, we're all hungry for that. 
Um, you know, the other thing that happened that comes to mind for me an awful lot is, you know, I, I've been running around the state talking about how important the extension is since 2016 when I got here. You know, and it seemed like to me that a lot of people use the services or, you know, might not have been aware what the source was, but they didn't know it was coming from our outreach arm of the University of Illinois. In this crisis, what really was kind of implicit about the value of a land-grant institute in your state became very explicit. Like, why was it valuable to have University of Illinois and University of Illinois Extension in our midst? Well, from Extension's uh, perspective, you know, a lot of online training for youth, a lot of really good virtual programming happens. And, you know, one of my favorite stories is the Food Access Project, where, you know, Extension and uh, the SNAP-Ed program were figuring out how to tell people where to go to get food. All of a sudden, it's very explicit that that's very important. You know, it's explicit that University of Illinois has enough brilliant people that work together all the time anyway that can solve the grand challenge of trying to figure out how to test people for COVID on campus. I think we really shined in this crisis in ways that other people really didn't. And so like, it's a great opportunity to tell our story instead of, well, did you know, it's like, see what we did. I think we have a lot of evidence of why what we do really matters to people. And they've had more, more opportunity, unfortunately, in some ways to you know, experience what we do that matters. And I'm so glad this was all in place because if we had to create all of this, we would have been in big trouble. You know, even when you think about some of the issues that have happened with um, some of the racial and political tensions, Extension had a portfolio of trainings that they did around social justice, cultural awareness, how to, you know, have difficult conversations with people when you dis disagree with them. They provided those trainings for the entire campus and people around the state. They already had those in their portfolio. They were ready to access. And for me, that, that's, that's a game changer. I mean, that, that's just evidence in real time of why what we do is so important. And I'm so proud of people for rallying the way they did. It's been remarkable, just remarkable as we shape-shifted, you know, to whatever's happening in, in the moment to make it work. It's really been impressive. Yeah, and I, you know, just my colleagues, it is pretty am amazing seeing the work being done with public officials, um, and how to have those conversations with others. And, and also when we look at other private enterprises, also how they transition to dealing with uh, the pandemic and um, you know, looking at economics and a shifting downtown. It's, it's been pretty wild and crazy. I would say, I don't know, Ken and Katie, if you'd agree, but I, I think we've been busier than ever this year um, in terms of what we have on our plates. Because seems like it anyway. It feels it definitely <laughs> feels like it. Yeah, it definitely does. So, uh, yeah, I, I would just uh, echo that, and it's been it's been one heck of a ride. So, and uh, I've I've worked with um, so WIU is kind of in my backyard here, and I do work with their um, their horticulture professor a little bit, and um, it it is interesting how how difficult it has been to keep research and things like that on track. Um, but you mentioned, I mean, things are still up and running at U of I campus and uh, research projects and uh, in, in terms of that regard, you know, so there's still uh, stuff happening. I mean, it's, it's things didn't stop. <laughs> no, it didn't. You know, we figured out how to keep essential personnel on campus. So if you were working with plants or animals, you know, people were still on campus doing um, social distancing, wearing masks, you know, doing good mitigation work. But, you know, interestingly enough, 
this is the biggest grant acquisition year we've ever had in the history of the college. And a lot of the grants that we brought in have big extension components, right? Which is fabulous because we wanna do work, discovery work that makes a difference to people in their communities. So you have to have people on both ends of the spectrum, you know, people on campus doing some of that research, figuring out how you apply that actually into our communities to make a difference. It's been amazing some of the stuff that's come out. I think, you know, people have had a little bit more time to focus on grant development, but it's been phenomenal some of the, the grants we've landed in the last, you know, six months or so that are really these big team grants that are designed, you know, to take on some of the bigger challenges. You know, one, one of the ones I think is really one of the most important is related to mental health support for farmers. You know, we've got a, a couple of folks, uh, young professors, Courtney Culbertson in uh, Human Development and Family Studies, and um, uh, Josie Rodolfi in Agricultural and Biological Engineering. Both of them have extensions of appointments, and they landed uh, $4 million grants to work with Michigan State wow. and a couple of other universities to develop mental health support programs for farmers, you know, it's been rough on people. And, you know, you folks are in the trench as well. You know, it, this was probably the most volatile time in agriculture that I've seen, you know, when the, the food uh, system kind of broke down there for a while, as we, you know, we're trying to figure out how to move things around and, and some of the issues in the packing houses, it's been really stressful, you know, where are we gonna sell this grain? Lots of things came up and I think it just heightened the awareness of what we need to do to support people in navigating really difficult situations. And so I'm really proud of them and grateful for what they're bringing to the table. It's really much, much needed. So I have a question for you guys. Yes. I'd love to turn the tables, right? So, you know, with, uh, we've noticed the, the story about the importance of food has shifted a little bit with people because, you know, in a moment where people couldn't find their favorite brand or the cut of meat they wanted, or, you know, food access had shifted a little bit, all of a sudden people are very much focused on locally grown food, right? So there's been a resurgence uh, of interest in food resiliency and food systems. We do that stuff every day. All of a sudden people ask us about it more. Have you seen that in the trench and extension where more people are interested in planting gardens and asking you for help figuring out how to do it? Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been um, every once in a while as a horticulture educator with that horticulture title, um, it can be a little like, you know, there's no such thing as an emergency in horticulture there. It's kind of a luxury field, you know, that's kind of what I've always been told. But then when, you know, you start running out of food, uh, grocery stores uh, you know, begin running scarce, you know, people start thinking, well, maybe I need to grow my own food. And so, um, well, maybe not technically an emergency. Um, I don't know. A lot of people were calling us and emailing us and, you know, trying to get a hold of us. Um, and I'd hate to say desperate. I, I guess I shouldn't use that word, but they were very excited to get to learn how to garden. Um, you know, people who were buying flats of tomatoes, like, you know, 75 tomatoes for a five square foot garden. It's like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> you got a little, you got to slow down there a little bit. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my view of it. So I, I was very, um, I felt like being an extension is exactly where I needed to be this year. So yeah. Right. Then you hear about seed companies running out of seed um, mm -hmm. and stuff as everybody bought everything up. And <clears throat> I think I had more questions this year than I've had any other year yeah. um, coming into the office. 
And what's really cool to see too is it's not just something that they picked up for one year, like they're continuing to do it for future years as well. And so that really gives extension a worthwhile future as well, because we're going to be there to help them in the future. Yeah, I love that. You know, I love that. So that's, again, an example of something that was kind of implicit, like people didn't really weren't that aware of it. It's really becoming obvious. People are like, oh, that's what extension does. I think, you know, in any tragedy, and we would never, never want to go back and repeat this again. 2020 was something else, right? You know, the world's forever changed. But in any type of challenge like this, there's always opportunity. What I see is a resurgence of interest in food in the food system. I think we're going to see that echo through an awful lot of different things in the college. I think it's going to impact enrollment. It's already impacting our grant acquisition rate. I think it's going to impact the visibility and influence we have in communities. And you know, oddly enough, we just launched our Metropolitan Food and Environmental Systems major, which really is a fancy name for urban agriculture, kind of, right? Um, without the word agriculture in it for a reason. You know, we were trying to draw people into that major that didn't necessarily see themselves in that ag space. But uh, that major has a lot of interdisciplinary texture to it. So it's about food production. It's about policy development. It's about systems approaches. It's about economics. You know, hoping that these people will be uh, influencers in the future of how the food system evolves with a much more focused audience now that are aware of suddenly like, wow, where does our food come from? Because I can't find it and now I'm curious, right? So we need to ride that, ride that wave of awareness very intentionally because I think, you know, uh, we planned that major since 2018. It went live now and frankly, the timing couldn't be better, but it's completely coincidental, you know, that we do have a pathway for people to get into that field and get into an evolving career pathway. You know, the other thing that's shifting is, you know, the types of careers people can get with these degrees, right? You can start your own uh, organic farm or you can be a, a data analytics person, you know, doing all kinds of high tech stuff in big commercial uh, field production. So lots of opportunities. And, and it is exciting that people are asking more questions because they're just more curious. That, that actually helps a lot in validating what we do and why it's important. Yeah. I'd say I, I've, we pursued a few grants. I'm doing some looking at ginger, growing ginger as a Illinois crop. And um, you know, when we look at some of the grants that were awarded, um, we didn't get it, but I, what it looks like a lot of grants are going to support are those local food markets. Um, it seems like Illinois Department of Ag, they, they really, a lot of the things that are being awarded are supporting these local food markets all over the state. So um, it, it's, it's pretty neat to see, you know, the farmer's market downtown, they got a boost here and they're going to do more marketing and publicity. And so that probably a good place for extension maybe to hang out, you know, if, if we're able to, you know, in terms of getting our, our message out and being a, a tool for the public. Yeah. I think so too. You know, plus all the work you guys do in uh, nutrition and food properly helps too, right? Like I, I, I know a lot of people that have renewed um, an interest in cooking. I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. You know, it, it's a nice connection time, you know, and in fact, I think my administrative staff and I last, we laugh about this a lot. We've probably gotten more exercise in the last 10 months and eaten fewer uh, chicken dinner, banquet dinners, you know, uh, over the last 10 months than we have in our careers. I think we all feel better, right? 
like, wow, huh, I can cook. I don't have to, you know, go to a banquet and get home at midnight and, you know, all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think about as we move forward, you know, what's the, the, the new better model going to be as opposed to going back to the way things were and creating like a new normal per se, like what is it that's happened over the last few months that was really good that we want to keep doing? And what are the things that we want to weave in from, from the past or shape forward that help us be who we want to be? You know, to be honest, I, I'm guessing that we're going to have um, more remote working components in our future than we've ever had before. Extension will do more online program delivery than you ever have before. You know, when you look at the data, Extension actually reached more people in the pandemic than they did in the same period without the pandemic because of all the online options. Well, what's that mixed model look like? You know, um, we get to figure that out. And there's some excitement around that. I think, you know, there's a good opportunity to decide, you know, how we want to holistically live. I mean, for me personally, you know, I traveled at least one or two days a week. I was working probably 65, 70 hours a week not having to travel as much has really been a gift in some ways. And so deciding when I need to go, where I need to go, what we can do in an online venue, what's much better in a face-to-face -face venue, we get to figure that out. And, and I think that's an exciting thing to think about as we move forward, you know, and everybody who's listening to your podcast is doing the same kind of thing with their employment situation too. Like, you know, what's this going to look like uh, next? I, I don't want to let go of the things that we've learned from this that have been really beneficial. So we've, we've talked a lot about this already, um, but how are the College of ACES? And I don't think we've actually said what ACES stands for. So Agricultural, Consumer, and Environmental Sciences, um, and Illinois Extension Connected. Um, and, and, and you've kind of touched on this already, but why are those so critical to be connected with each other? Well, you know, there's, there's uh, a physical connection in some ways in that University of Illinois Extension actually reports to the Dean of the College of ACES. Uh, it's actually budgeted at the campus level. So um, the money piece is handled through the provost office. The output piece is actually managed uh, at the college level. And you have a really good director in Shelley Nichols Richardson, who's also an associate dean of the college. So, but for me, the essence of the relationship is, is all about doing good things to make a difference in people's lives. You know, people that are attracted to colleges like ours they want to do things that, that make a difference to people, be, be it around food, be it around nutrition, be it around healthy families. You know, we do animal sciences. We have some engineering aspects around innovation, but it's all really designed to support people in improving the quality of their lives. If that work only lives on campus or only lives in journal publications, we've actually failed on our mission, which is to get that information into the hands of people that can use it that allows them to live better, you know? And the extension enterprise is absolutely what does that. Uh, extension is a translation arm uh, of, of the effort. And without that, we can't live into uh, the mission that's so important to us. And the thing for me that's kind of fun about being in a college like ours with an extension enterprise embedded is that, you know, every day you come to work, you know why you do what you do. You know, like my job is to figure out how to transform lives and support people in living the best life they can live, which allows me to live my best life too. That relevance isn't something that everybody has easy access to, especially in the university system, but we do. And I know for every one of you, there's been moments where you're like, you know, why do I do this? And it doesn't take too long to remember why. 
you know, uh, from the people that you've worked with, from the people that you've inspired, from the kids whose lives you've shaped, from the people that say thank you, from the people that use the things that we develop, like the tangible space there is, is so close to us that the inspiration is never far from home, you know, so uh, I never stay down for long because I think what we do really matters. And even in the darkest moments when it feels hard, especially around budget, you know, that's always the thing that's the hardest thing to do. The why is are always very close to my heart. And I think that's true for most people that work in the college in Illinois Extension. We don't, we, we don't struggle to figure out, you know, why we do what we do. We do it because we love it and it matters. It matters to us and the people we work with. There's a new project that's um, being worked on that ACES as well as Extension is very excited about. What can you tell us about the new Arboretum in the South Campus Entryway? My heart's desire is to create a new home for extension in the University of Illinois Arboretum. Uh, that's important for a few reasons. You know, we don't really have a good south portal to campus. You know, oftentimes people wander our way when they get lost. You know, they kind of venture down from the engineering campus and they get lost on south farms. We really want to be a destination. And to do that, we really need uh, a go-to place that people drive directly to because that's where they want to be. Uh, extension to me needs to have the gathering place that's that's known to be the access portal for extension and and now we have people in uh, multiple buildings on campus they're they're spread out all over the place uh, and then we have a couple uh, off-campus facilities as well that coupled with the fact that you know none of you are on campus you're all embedded in, in counties so you come to campus and we're still distributed, right? So we want you to have a go-to place on campus that you call home. So we're gonna build a new facility for extension in the University Ar Arboretum. We have actually a lot of assets that we aspire to build around that that make that uh, Arboretum a destination place for people to go to connect, be it in nature, um, getting outside, enjoying the pathways and the environment there, or going to the extension center um, to have a meeting, to bring in colleagues from all over the state or all over the country, to have uh, workshops, to bring people from the communities together uh, with people from campus to talk about different issues, grand challenges we face. We want to create a place that's safe for people to come and talk about different things so we can solve things together. So I'm really excited about this. It's, it's an unbelievable opportunity and if all goes well, we hope to actually start the design phase and um, get to the point of we're close to construction by the end of this year. So it's been, a, it's been a long time dream to figure out how to create that space. But what I think is so important about it is if we do it right, it'll capture the essence of what Extension does, which is really connect people and support people. That's what we want it to look like. That's what we want it to, to feel like. And you know, um, we have some people that believe what we believe that want to support it. So we're pretty excited about it. Can one of those assets be an insect museum or zoo? Well, you know, I don't know if it was called exactly that, right? The, the, there's a politarium, what do you call it? Polit Politarium. Politarium. There's a politarium uh, on that side out there and there's an expansion plan for that. So can that, that might do the trick for you. I'm not sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so excited <laughs> but i mean this sounds like a huge project um you know a, a new gateway for for campus a place for extension uh and, and the way you describe it it sounds like it 
it shows how broad extension goes across the state. Um, are, are there any, you mentioned the Arboretum and things, but anything that you could mention about how we might highlight um, commercial ag, local foods, community economic development, are there, will those components all be present? We hope so, eventually. So if I can fund the, the whole thing in one foul swoop through a fundraising campaign, that's what we're gonna do. So we've partnered with the chancellor and the, the foundation fundraising team uh, to help get this done. And we've made good progress. So the, the first priority is to build the facility for extension. Um, then the extension actually will take over management of the whole arboretum. So they'll be, they'll be working with master gardeners, master naturalists, and some people on staff to actually manage that space. Um, you know, we'd love to have the gathering spaces I talked about, but when you think about um, demonstration gardens, like what we'd love people to do is to be able to go to the arboretum, see things there and say, gosh, I'd like to do that at home, right? in greenhouses, in um, different types of um, plantings. Landscape architecture is gonna work with us a little bit. So, you know, permeable uh, uh, sidewalks and, and um, parking lots and different kinds of rain gardens and things like that. The, the students, I think it's called the Sustainable Student Farm. Uh, they're gonna have some demonstration plots out there too. And so, you know, the goal is for that to really be a place where people can go see and do, you know, like I saw this at the Arboretum. I really wanna do it at home as well. So that would be the ultimate dream. Now, how long it takes us to get that whole footprint built will depend on how the fundraising goes. I'm confident now we're gonna get the building done. We'll see what happens after that. It really depends on if we gain some fundraising momentum after that, but I really hope so because that would be the point. If that could be a place that you could go to and show people stuff, it would be really great. It, it sounds like you have supportive campus. Um, what about you know other stakeholders? What does that fundraising arm look like? Are you going to private groups also in, uh, in terms of uh, support funding? We are, we just finished the master planning exercise. In fact, it was just done, um, uh, gosh, last week was when we got the, the final overview of what the master plan could look like. Um, we're talking to a major donor who um, I think is going to make a transformational gift, without a doubt, the biggest one the college has ever received to, to at the minimum, build the facility. Uh, beyond that, we'll use that to stage out, phase out what we can bring into that space. And so, you know, fundraising is an interesting thing. I used to really be afraid of it. But then, you know, I realized that when you're passionate about something, and people believe what you believe, great things can happen, right? So finding the right partners to help us build that out will be important, but we're building that network right now. And I'm really optimistic, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about where this can go. Um, finding Applied Arts are working with us a little bit on some of the rain garden ideas, you know, trying to manifest that. Applied Health Sciences, we're working on an accessible pathway through the Arboretum for people. So I think, you know, as, as it becomes more of an uh, actionable plan than just a dream, people could come to the table when they see us making progress, they want to help us finish, finish it all out. Because if we do what we plan on doing, it's going to be an iconic arboretum at a land-grant institution. It could be quite fabulous. And a good thing for, for Champaign-Urbana too. Part of the goal is, is to, uh, support people in having social events out there. A lot of weddings happen at the Arboretum. 
and they don't have bathroom facilities or any place for people to go if the weather turns on them, which I've heard some great stories about how not well that goes sometimes, you know, in a, in a, especially in a, you know, uh, Midwestern downpour in the summer, right? So we, we'd like to help people have a backup plan there and, and put in some bathroom facilities and uh, things like that to make it more community friendly too. So is there anything else um, you'd like people to know about ACEs and, and kind of what's coming up in the future? Well, you know, I always ask people to come see us, right? You know, if you have a young person in your life that's uh, interested in anything creative that helps people, we're your go-to college, right? You know, check us out. I also make a plea to people that really love the things that we do, you know, share that love with youngsters and talk about potential uh, careers in, in these pathways. Like with extension folks in, in particular too, telling your story about how you got to the point you're at in your career is, is a fun story for young people to hear because we want them to be excited about building the future with us. You know, I, I think for me, the, the thing that concerns me the most is where's the legacy gonna come from? You know, it's how I got in administration in the first place was really be, being concerned about the future of the ag programs, you know, because I think they mean so much uh, to the world, not only to the university. So tell your story as often as you can and tell people why you love what you do. And if you have a chance to inspire a youngster, do it and send them our way because we'd love to talk to them about what their future might look like with a degree uh, in one of the ACEs related fields. It, it's, uh, it's been the passion of my career. And I think, you know, at Illinois, the thing I loved about being a student here is, you know, the, this was the place where the content in the book came to life in the laboratories for me, right? So I didn't just read about it, I did it. And I think that's one of our superpowers. We still do that really, really well. And we just like the opportunity to inspire more young minds to be the future of this field in our industries. I know when I was applying for colleges, you know, ACES was just the ag school. So what kind of other things go on, go on in ACES? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Ag, ag is awesome and awful, depending on your perspective of it, right? You know, mm -hmm. so we've got uh, seven, seven departments and uh, two programs. So we do, we do all kinds of stuff. But it's more like, the thing is, you know, I like to say business with purpose, right? So we have a huge economics program. They do ag economics, they do finance, they do all kinds of things like you'd see in the business school, but it's focused more on um, the application to agriculture and allied industries. Uh, we've got an animal science program that uh, feeds a lot of students into the pre-vet program, but also into the livestock and companion animal industry. People don't know this. The strongest companion and animal program in this country is at University of Illinois in the College of ACEs. They do all the pet nutrition work. Uh, we just built a brand new feed technology center that has an extruder line in it so they can make dog food and dog treats. I have dogs. As much money as I spend on those dogs, I think this is a very good investment at the University of Illinois. So we do those kinds of things. Um, we have a really great human development and family studies program that works on everything from relationships between couples to um, dealing with minority issues, uh, to cultural awareness, to um, support of folks in developing countries. That, that program is really rich and diverse in really the, the cradle to grave aspects of, of living. They do really great work there. Our food uh, science and human nutrition program 
course, from product development to the impact of that food on your health and well-being. They have an unbelievably good nutrition program. And just we just kicked off a personal, a personal nutrition program at the campus level that's, that's led by somebody in that department. Uh, our agricultural and biological engineering program is heavily linked to the Granger College of Engineering. They make all kinds of crazy things that make ag fun, right? So uh, my favorite example are these swarm robots that go out into the field and laser shoot weeds so you don't have to spray chemicals. It's like being in a video game, except you're running that video game through a, a crop field. You know, it's really kind of fun to see. So it's really high tech stuff. So that, and, and grads are highly sought after in all of those fields. Uh, we have a natural resource and environmental sciences program that does a lot of work with, you know, birds and fish and environmental protection. We've got organic food production people in that department, soil scientists in that department, just a plethora of people that do a wide range of things. So anything that's really related to food production, to the environment, to the consumer aspects uh, related to some of our industries, we do in the college. My, I come from crop sciences. So I was a plant breeder. I uh, developed varieties that, of, of wheat that people grew in their fields, just like people develop varieties of vegetables that people grow in their home gardens. We do a lot of work in sustainability and regenerative ag and crop sciences. We have people in horticulture and crop sciences. We have people that do commercial ag in uh, crop sciences as well. So got lots of different specialties. If you like animals, we got it. If you like plants, we got it. If you like people, we got it. And you can work with all three of them simultaneously if you really want to. That's impressive. Yeah, I know a lot of farmers, they don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're at the farmer's market and it's just like, oh, come on, John, you got to talk to these people. They're your customers. <laughs> so that was, I mean, yeah, you go to U of I campus, the College of Aces. I mean, there is something I think for everybody there. And it is, I, I, I always am kind of like, ah, Really wish I would have been able to spend more time at U of I campus. Um, so, but you know what? 2021, we'll see what happens. I'll get that shot in my arm and I'll head on over there. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, you guys might be aware of this too. I, you know, I think the biggest problem in ag is we got a PR problem to die for, right? You know, we have communication experts in our college as well and, and programs around education and communication. I think science communication has to be one of the top priorities, improving people's ability to not only understand science in a way they can make good decisions, but to actually speak in a way that people understand and is accessible. That is heavily on our minds, especially after the year we've had, right? Realizing how important that is, right? So when you come to campus, you can tell us a little bit more about what you need in the trench to be an effective communicator and how we can advertise to people or support people with leaning in there, because I think it's a big deal. You know, we're scientists by training, and yet we don't always um, engage with people in a way that that science is accessible. And we gotta get better at that. You know, the onus is on us to do that better, uh, not the other way around, and we gotta figure that out. So for us, you know, as we look forward, we want every one of our students to be what I call content rich and context ready where they have all the knowledge they need um, to understand the mechanics of their discipline, but they also have the people skills uh, and the interpersonal com communication ability to navigate difficult conversations constructively. So they can translate that knowledge well um, to, to the public. 
extension folks do that anyway, but everybody should be able to do that well. So as far as our training portfolio goes, that's a new piece you're gonna see emphasized more and more from graduates from our college. Well, that was a, a wonderful uh, insight into the workings of the College of Aces. Dean Kim Kidwell, thank you so much for being on the Good Growing Podcast. We really appreciate your time. We know you're very busy. And so we really appreciate you taking uh, some time out of your day today to talk with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. And, you know, I really want to thank you for all you do. You're kind of the unsung heroes in some ways. We don't see enough to say thank you often enough, but I'm so grateful for what you and your extension colleagues do to support people in our communities. I know you're well appreciated out there, but you got to know we appreciate you too from campus. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. And we uh, appreciate um, our, our good growing producer, Wendy Ferguson, and uh, also the editor. Well, that's me, Chris Enroth. Uh, and a huge appreciation and thanks to Ken and Katie for being with us every single week um, to, to uh, grill, I mean, interview um, our special guest uh, that we have. So Ken, Katie, thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's not a problem. Thank you, Kim, Ken, Chris. We've got all the the K's and K's today. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kim and, and Chris and Katie, as always. And let's do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week. We will be joined by Jamini Balsad. Jamini's a horticulture educator in Cook County, and she will be talking with us about seed saving, part two. So we have a growing season ahead of us, folks. It is time to start looking at seeds and getting those things started. Well, folks, if you're listening to us, thank you for doing what you do best, and that is listening, or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing.